for everyone. There are so many ways this pandemic has impacted our lives, our sense of well-being, of who we are. For example, seniors like Susan. Well, I've been better. Well, I used to enjoy going to the mall with my friend Rose. And I used to like having my all my kids taking turns coming for supper and bringing the grandkids. Well, I went to church every morning. I don't go every morning now because I don't feel good enough. Uh, but I don't feel like safe going to groups of people, so I don't see them much anymore. And Edward. It's like this. Our freedom is sort of shot down because of the COVID and because of the lockdowns and because of the numbers that we're playing every day and because of the new uh, variants. Even though we get the, the booster shot and everything else, it's still rampant and uh, we're so scared of it because we don't want to get it at our age and uh, we are very vulnerable and we feel that way too. Yeah, we involved with the choir, men's chorus and uh, we used to love getting together every Monday night and going to different places for putting on performances and that's gone since the last year, two years for sure. Uh, hard to cope with that. It gets you down after a while, it really does. Or these two young students. My name is Henry. I'm in grade four. And the thing that that I don't really like about this pandemic is not being able to see my friends and having family gatherings and having to do online school. My name's Elliot. I'm in grade three. And what I don't like about online learning is um, I don't get to see my friends. And I like in-person learning because you actually get to do your work um, on paper. I like doing my work on paper and not on the computer. And of course, teachers like Jillian. And I am a special education teacher. And the thing I would say I find hardest about the pandemic would be at work, struggling with the, the disconnect students now have with each other. They're very device dependent. And even if you're sitting in a classroom with 25 kids, they're all staring at their 25 phones. And then online, it's just like speaking and working with a blank screen. Personally, I think I have found the pandemic most challenging in maintaining a routine and a schedule and feeling each day to be different rather than Groundhog Day for two years. And Eddie, who's a phys ed teacher. The most challenging part of the pandemic for me has been uh, constantly trying to change and reinvent how you teach with every twist and every turn and the expectation still being that the quality of education you deliver is to be the same. On a personal level, I've found it most challenging because the best part of this job is connecting with kids and being able to spend time with them. And even when we are in person, you're so vigilant and trying to be so careful um, to keep your classes safe that you don't always enjoy the moments that you get in there as much as you could. Beautifully, horribly, it is a remarkable thing that everyone on the planet has passed through this same vortex called COVID at pretty much the same time. It makes one wonder how has this shared experience, this shared trauma, changed us? 
the folks at Thomas Cole Inc., at Cleaner Air for Schools, at Climate Change Leaders, are pretty passionate about the technologies they've found that combat this virus. Things like duct sealing that, with some pretty simple retrofits, can increase ventilation up to 35%, or Remy LED that actively removes from inside air and surfaces up to 99% of bacteria and viruses like COVID. And a huge part of that passion is the pursuit of wellness, of people and our planet. What can we do to get our people back into healthy, safe, shared spaces to connect, to learn, to collaborate, and to just have fun? Today, we find out just how important all this is. I'm Liz Beattie. This is the new Healthy Building Podcast. You know the drill. We share stories about transforming communities and saving the planet one building at a time. Today, we take a deep dive into wellness with someone who's spent 45 years in and around this subject area. Bill Hogarth is the former school director of York Region District School Board. He's the former chair of Seneca College. He's on the current board of governors for Guelph University and the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. He's president of Education, Research, Development and Innovation. And he's part of the TCI Cleaner Air for Schools team, trying to make our built environment safe and get people back to school and back to work. Welcome, Bill. Hi, Liz. It's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure to be here with you. Bill, let's start with this big sweeping question. How has the pandemic interrupted some of the most basic things of being human, of our sense of ourselves as social creatures? Well, it's interesting. You know, our, our lives are habitual. And by that, I mean it helps us to work, to play, to pursue goals. There's, there's sort of a, a rhythm to life. And this pandemic has been a life-changing disruptor. Instead of those personal interactions through meeting in groups, through community, we're now meeting virtually. We're meeting virtually personally. We're meeting virtually professionally. We're just meeting virtually. And it really has caused uh, a tremendous, tremendous stress, anxiety, depression, loneliness. I mean, the, the list goes on. Beyond the personal, I think that our institutions have been tremendously impacted as, as well. And just let me list a couple. Politics. Um, the politics now, ideology is out the window. And the politicians have had to change course. We just had it happen in our province. All of a sudden, we have sick days. The present government did not want to give those. They ended up having to do it. Our economics, I mean, I don't think there's such a thing now as a, as a deficit or a debt. Um, our, our total way of, of looking at the economic landscape has changed. Religion. I was I was delivering some masks to a mosque the other day, and I said, "Well, this should help with your congregation." And the imam looked at me and said, "But we only have ten people in our congregation now." Science uh, is really interesting. It's come to the fore. 
And but people are doubting it. And if we had listened to our scientists, it would have made a tremendous difference. The arts have been decimated, and that's the way we relate, communicate, share our emotions. And of course, technology has risen to the fore and will continue to do so. So I think inside those ways that we um, organize ourselves, the way we create and take a look at how we can effectively uh, uh, operate as, as a community, uh, all those things, again, have been dramatically, dramatically changed and shifted. There seems to be growing concern for the long-term impact on our wellness and mental health. But let's first talk about the difference between those two, wellness and mental health. Wellness to me, and people have batted this, this, this definition and what it means back and forth for a long time to find it, get a handle on what it means. But I really think it's multidimensional. I think it's uh, subjective. I think it's personal. I think it's the pursuit of uh, activities and choices and life skills. But we can break it down probably into the physical, which is, which is obvious. And we often describe wellness as, as being physical because it takes a look at a healthy body and exercise and nutrition and sleep, et cetera. But there's more to it. Um, there's the emotional side. Uh, there's the spiritual side. There's the social side. Uh, the env environmental side. Okay, let's expand on that. Initially, when we talked about wellness and it was out there in the landscape, we thought of wellness uh, as mental and mental health. I think that yes, it's part of wellness, but I put it in a a separate area or category because the whole mental side is the way we engage with the world, the way we learn, the way we problem solve, the way we think critically, the way we create. We understand that the brain is a very, very complex organ. And when we talk about areas like learning and problem solving and creativity, uh, the brain, our brains react differently uh, through each individual. So the complexity on the mental side of wellness, uh, I don't want to separate it out as a different category, but I would define it as something that really we're just trying to understand how we, how we look at the area of mental health and how we take a look at the mental side of our wellness. Now, let's talk about the most vulnerable among us in all this. I, I think um, I think this is a socioeconomic issue to start with. I think this is a racialized issue to start with. I think that it's identifying the vulnerable parts of our society. So yes, we've identified the elderly. We've identified the indigenous community. We take a look at our young people. I think that, again, uh, when we take a look at the whole area of, of who's vulnerable at a time like this, uh, this pandemic has brought out uh, so many inequities uh, that we probably have not dealt with even up uh, until this year, and it's revealing itself. So I think it's a, a real 
dark, dark mark on our society. Now, while suicide rates may not have skyrocketed during the pandemic, that isn't really reflective of the vast number of us experiencing mental health issues during COVID. Here's what we do know, that across our our country, uh, 20% of our population, one in five, suffer from some sort of mental stress disorder. And that has been fairly constant. If you take a look at the whole area of stress, and here are some numbers during this pandemic, 33% of our population say that this is stressful. It's interesting though, that the people 18, that are group 18 to 34, it's 42%. Anxiety, 30 to 40%. Depression, 24 to 31%. Loneliness, 24 to 51%. So you can see that when we're talking about how our population is impacted by uh, mental health, you can see the numbers going up somewhat during this pandemic, but the number of 2022% experiencing some difficulty uh, in that range of, of mental health is pretty constant. So maybe COVID has just shone a light on wellness and mental health issues and on the need for some more innovative solutions. True. That is, that is true. I think that the percentage that we, we just, I just shared with you, those would include people who were vulnerable before this pandemic. So the, 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 pandemic has, again, exacerbated some of the issues related to mental health. Uh, But they were there before as well. People were depressed before. Are they more depressed now? Yes, somewhat. So I I don't want people listening to think that this is something just because of the pandemic, because it's not. And again, how people receive help there's really what has emerged, and this is, uh, I guess, one of the pluses of the pandemic. People are reaching out online. Uh, we are finding ways to reach people online. Um, does everybody have access to computers? No. Is there a health equity issue? Yes. But I, I think that we are doing a better job, uh, either through telehealth or through online assistance, reaching out to uh, the population, our population who needs some support and some assistance. So there are some signs that we are at least reaching out and at least there's some positive signs that we're making a, a difference. Now, is there a lasting silver lining in some of our pandemic innovations in the sense of reaching out to people in need? Sure. So as we look at vaccination, as we take a look at how we can get back to some sense of normal, I think that you're going to see uh, certainly more people being helped, certainly people feeling that uh, there's uh, support within um, their help group. And again, I think that we have to, as as a society, as a country, 
take a look and realize just what this pandemic has done and how we have to take a look at how we can reach people differently and how we can allow people to break down some of those areas that we talked about around depression, loneliness, stress, etc. What might be some of the other lasting pivots or sea changes per se in how we look at wellness and mental health, even beyond this pandemic? For sure. I, I, want, I want to t- talk about mental health is health in, in two ways. First of all, um, if, if you uh, break an arm uh, and fall, you know where to go. You know what to do. You get treated. Your arm is put in a cast or your arm is treated and there's healing. If I have a, a situation where I'm depressed or someone is depressed, do they get the same assistance from a health standard standpoint as you would get if you broke your arm? And the answer is unequivocally no, both in terms of assistance immediately, you get your arm treated immediately. If I'm depressed, I probably have to wait to get some assistance, first of all. Secondly, there is financial support for you because you broke your arm from our medical care system. There is not the same support if someone is depressed to get that assistance from our medical care process. So that's the first part. The second part is we're doing tremendous work in the area of research. In this city at CAMH, but We are connected across the world in terms of our research and the difference that we're making in terms of genetic testing, in terms of looking at and identifying genes linked to intellectual disability, how we're dealing and looking at autism, schizophrenia, et cetera. And and the the research is absolutely exceptional and we've made tremendous breakthroughs. So as we make the breakthroughs and as we can make that difference and as we find a way to make sure that mental health is health and that the research and the gains that we've made, A, not only gets funded, but gets and is allowed to work its way through our healthcare system. So it has the same, the same support that the broken arm has. We heard off the top of the show from a couple of young students and dedicated teachers. Tell me what you think about the link between wellness and the adaptations we've been forced to adopt over the pandemic. When you started out, Liz, you talked about learning. And I, I think it's important that we stress and talk about online learning because it's important to put it within the context of learning and pedagogy. And I say that because during this pandemic, some teachers have been forced from a pedagogical sense to deliver 
online without the proper training. Because to present online demands a certain style and way of delivering. So the stress on the teachers, some teachers, a lot of teachers has been immense. Not just in terms of, and, and teachers are by nature positive, by nature want to make sure that students are learning, by nature feel guilty if they don't. <laughs> we certainly heard that in the opening. But will how we learn moving forward adopt some of those pandemic changes, even over the long term too? For sure. And a lot of teachers now feel guilty because they feel that students are not receiving, quote, the learning that they should be learning and the way they should be learning. So that's the first stressor. The second stressor is on the students. Some students are, and I would say that, by the way, the number's 25%, are really enjoying online learning. I see it in our neighborhood with university students. I see it and talk with students. I see it and talk with, with uh, my son-in-law who's a teacher. I hear it, 25%. So if in fact we have teachers who are trying to pedagogically do their best they can with online learning, we have students whose learning style may or may not be learning online. And then we have the government who says, now you're online, now you're in class, now you're online, now you may be in class. So I want us to picture now what that does to the student, to the teacher, and let's go back to my key point around the learning, because the learning has been interrupted. The learning is stressful. So your question is, is complex. Do I think that students should be learning some online? Yes, I do. Do I think that it is a way of learning? Yes, I do. Do I think that we have to present and help our teachers with that pedagogical practice? Yes, I do. But I don't want us to think that, that digital learning is the way to go. How we leverage digital, listen to the words, how we leverage digital, how we engage our teachers with pedagogical practice, and how we bring forward end results and a goal where the student says, wow, this is really, this is really engaging. Because right now, we're not engaging a lot of students, and engaging is the key to learning. Are you optimistic about the years to come? This pandemic will be over. But I think it's so critical that we learn the importance of what we have to do to get back together. To get back together as a community, to get back together so we can relate uh, with each other so that we can spend time with our family so that we can do all the things that uh, we talked about when we talked about wellness. And I think um, it will be 
um, really interesting, hopefully six months from now, to do a podcast to talk about how we've returned to that normalcy, that how we've taken a look at our world through a, a lens that's refreshing, that's different, that uh, is embracing uh, the change that has uh, been more than positive, has made a difference to our way of life. And uh, I look uh, to the fact that as humans, we are resilient. We know how to make a difference when we have to make a difference in coming out the other end of this uh, pandemic. We will all, all make a difference. Well said, Del. And I will put your idea in our editorial schedule. Consider it done. Bill, thanks so much for taking time with me today, for sharing your experience and wisdom. I'm very grateful. Thanks, Liz. This has been uh, an absolute pleasure to dialogue with you, uh, to interact, to take a look at something that has been truly a disruptor in our lives. And to work this through with you has been a joy. Thank you. Find resources on mental health and wellness from CAMH and elsewhere at cleanerairforschools.com. You'll find there, too, information on duct sealing and Remy LED leading solutions in clean air and increased ventilation to keep our learning environments and all kinds of workplaces safe. I'm Liz Beattie. This has been the new Healthy Building Podcast. Thanks for listening.